All right, so I'm going to get into this message, and I'm excited about it. I'm pumped up. I hope God does the same thing to you guys that he did to me. <laughs> and so we're going to get into it, but I'm going to talk about leading a life, um, leading a life. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that my dad said, you know, kind of refers to that about leading a life and how that how we lead a life in so many different ways as a husband, as a father, as a man, as a man of God. You know, there's a lot of areas in life that we have to lead, leading a life. And so I want to start out in First Thessalonians, and I want to read this scripture with you guys, 1 through 8, and then we'll be talking in this context. But this is what it says, First Thessalonians, um, hold on, chapter, chapter 4, 1 through 8, chapter 4. One through eight. Um, it says this. It says, finally, brethren, finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more, just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God. For you know what commandments we gave you through the Lord Jesus. For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual immorality that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel in sanctification and honor, and not in passion of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God, that no one should take advantage of and defraud his brother in this matter, because the Lord is the avenger of all such, as we also forewarned you and testified. For God did not call us to uncleanliness, but in holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God who has given us the Holy Spirit. It says, just as you receive from us how you ought to walk and to please God. And this is, this is what I want to talk about in leading a life. And, and, and the first verse right there when it says that you should abound more and more just as you receive from us and how you ought to walk and to please God. That word walk right there, and I'm not going to say it in Greek because I'll murder it. But the word walk right there actually has another definition to lead a life. And to me, that meant something whenever I was reading this and studying this because I'm in a season right now where I'm struggling with leadership in my life, where I'm struggling with my own personal leadership. And so what this is translated at is how to lead a life that is pleasing to God. How to lead a life that is pleasing to God. And so I, want, I really want to get into this, and I want to break this down, and I want to talk about a few things, and I don't want to come off in any spirit, and I just want you to understand that this is my conviction. This is where I am in my life. This is how God is speaking to me. These are the things that I am currently working on. As I go into this fast, these are the things that I am going to be taking with me into this fast, and that I am believing God for, because I am struggling as a young man, as a man, as different areas of my life. I have leadership over a bunch of men. I have a leadership over a home. I have leadership in the choices every day that I have to choose to leave a life pleasing to God, to lead a life unto myself, to lead a life in any direction. And it is important that we see what Scripture says about leading a life. And the first thing that I want to point out in verse 1, it says, Finally then, brethren, we urge and exhort you in the Lord Jesus that you should abound more and more just as you receive from us how you ought to walk, how you ought to lead a life to please God. So the first thing that I want you to understand in leading a life, number one, is that we should lead a life that is abounding. We should lead a life that is abounding. 
And I want to I want to read some of these scriptures off and go through these scriptures as we talk about this. Colossians 1:10 it says that you may mo- that you may walk lead a life worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing, abounding in the knowledge of God. 1 Corinthians 15:58 says, "Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and movable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord." 2 Corinthians 8:7, "But as you abound in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in all diligence, and in your love for us, see that you abound in this grace also." So we see always abounding. We see abounding in everything. And this is what I've come to know as a Christian. As I've been in, and I've only been in here a short season for the past five years. And I've been seeking God. I've been really trying to press into God with all my heart. But something that I've noticed in the realm and in the congregation of people that I push into and that I'm always dealing with is this, that a lot of people begin and almost end their walk at the altar. A lot of people begin and almost end their walk at the altar. And it seems like even though they're in church and they're in the congregation once a week, when it comes to abounding, abounding isn't always sitting in a chair more, sitting in a chair longer, coming to more things. Abounding is an inward abounding in everything. It says in faith and speech and knowledge and diligence and love. It's an inward abounding. It's not just an abounding and doing. And, and, and I tell you, let, let me give you some insight. This is why I'm preaching this message today. Two months ago, I was so busy. I'm talking about, listen, I'd get up. I had a radio station this day. I'd have to go live and record this day and then send it to the K. And then I was here, and then I'd have to go to four schools that week, and I was at Chad's Hope every single day. And then after Chad's Hope, I'd go out into the streets. I'd do jail ministry, and then I'd come back, and then this, this youth ministry over here, or this jail, or this CR, or this. And I was never at home with my wife, and there was such of a struggle going on at home that I decided I took a season. You know what I mean? I was working with Clay and here at the church with the youth ministry here, and all these things were going on and I made a decision you know what I'm going to push these things out of my life and I want you to understand what happened to me I was so busy that my mindset was always on ministry and ministering to people but what happened was when I separated myself from doing and I was by myself and I was alone I realized that my mind was really carnal and was really fleshly because when I wasn't doing And I was just alone and I was being and I had to really see who I was without doing. It's like my mindset was fleshly because when I was doing so much, my mind always had to be on the doing. I was always thinking and doing and people and people. But when I was finally alone and I wasn't doing anything, I realized that I had a really fleshly mind. I didn't like who I was. I didn't like the mindset that I have right now. I just had a conversation with my wife and said, I don't like who I am. I don't like who I am alone. I don't like that I can't trust myself by myself. That I don't have a mindset that is overflowing from the Spirit and that my mindset is carnal and always thinking about me. So getting into this, abounding. Abounding. We have a call to lead a life as as mothers, as fathers, as brothers, as sisters, as sons. Listen, I'm leading a life in such of a way today that it has literally drawn my family in behind me. 
My dad, I got a cousin out here. I'm going to pick up a cousin tomorrow in North Carolina and bringing them back in here. I got a sister when I was at Chad's Hope. I was on my knees praying and fasting. She got saved and delivered and been clean and got married. And, you know what I mean? I'm abounding in such of a way that you are leading. But there's a lot of areas to lead in. And one of this thing about abounding is this. It's about abounding in the Lord. Abounding in the Lord. Abounding in the Lord. Within your mind, within yourself, within faith, within speech, within knowledge, within diligence. Leading a life that is abounding. Not, not, a, not a walk with God that begin and end at the altar. And when I come to you and I say, are you a Christian? You say, yeah, there was, there was a, I remember when I went. I remember this one time in my life. Are you a Christian? Yeah, I go to church. Are you a Christian? Yeah, I prayed. You know what I'm saying? I remember. No, are you a Christian? Yeah, dude, I live for him every day. Let's talk about it. Are you a Christian? Oh, I love him, man. Look what's inside of me. Look what's abounding in me. You know what I'm saying? Like the here, the now, and the abounding. Your walk, your leadership should not be based off of a past event. It should be off of a current lifestyle that is abounding under the Lord. Listen, I've been getting messed up the past week or two. I've been watching stuff on the internet of these Christians that go out in the streets and they love on these people all the time and they'll be just sitting down and eating these waitresses and their, their mindset is conscience of other people. They see opportunity with other people everywhere they go. I don't think like that. I was sitting down last night with my wife. We went out to eat, you know, went to Lexington. We were sitting down to eat, and I, start, I was just looking at her, and I was so sick because I was thinking, I don't even think about people. I don't even think about ministering to people. I don't even think about sharing my faith with people. Like, here I have all these opportunities, and I'm just so dry, and all I think about is me. I want to be conscious of every opportunity that I have with people and allow them to see the light of the world, the hope of glory that lies within me. I don't want my mindset to just be me. I want to be abounding in these things. So last night I tried to exercise it a little bit. Yesterday I was at the office in town and I walked up to the front desk and there were two ladies back there. And I said, are you guys Christians? Because I became conscious of it because I was watching it, because I was trying to train myself. I said, are you guys Christians? They said, yes. And I said, um, I said look, man, you know what I mean? This is going to sound weird, but I'm trying to share my faith. I'm trying to work on this. I'm trying to, I said, have you guys ever shared your faith with anybody? With anybody? And they said, no. And I said, it's uncomfortable, ain't it? It's one thing just to believe in God, and it's another thing to show them and share them with other people. You know what I'm saying? It's uncomfortable. I don't like doing it because it makes me feel weird. And so I just sat there, and then the thing kept jamming up and messing up, and I said, well, listen, this must be God, so I'm just going to share my faith with you. You know what I'm saying? Hey, listen, the Lord saved me. He loves me. He delivered me. And uh, I just want to share that with you guys. <laughs> it was weird. You know what I'm saying? It was weird. But I did it. You know what I mean? And when I begin to exercise that, you know, I become, I grow into it. I learn how to become anointed in it. I learn how to always think that way and take captive every opportunity that I have with other people and non-believers to show them the light of Christ and the love of God coming from me. And I don't think like that. And I don't want to be that person that doesn't think like that. I want to abound in these things. And the second thing that I want to talk about is this. In the scriptures, 
It says this in verse 3 through 5. It says, For this is the will of God, your sanctification, that you should abstain from sexual morality, that each of you should know how to possess his own vessel and sanctification and honor, not in passions of lust like the Gentiles who do not know God. Now look, I, I want to get into this because God's been messing me up. I've been kind of teaching the guys some of the things that God's been showing me in this because this isn't just, it says this, this is the will of God, your sanctification. This is the will of God. A lot of people are like, what's the will of God for my life? Is it this? Is it that? And sometimes I believe that God has specifics, but I'm like clay. I believe as we move forward to God that sometimes we can just switch lanes and God begins to work through us and move through us. But the ultimate will of God is not what's going on around us. It's what's happening with inside of us. Sanctification. It says this is the will of God, sanctification. Now listen to me. Because this is, this is kind of about to step on some toes, but I want you to hear me out. Let's, let's reverse this. Sanctification means separation. It means to be consecrated. It means to be set apart, to be sanctified, to be set apart for Him. So this is God's will for you to be set apart. Set apart from what? Let's read this. Let's, let's reverse this. God's will is for you to be set apart from every other will Unto his will alone. Listen to me. Every single day, there's a lot of wills that draw me. There's a will of my flesh. There's my own personal will. There's a will of other people. There's a will of the world. There's a will of Satan and demonic wills that pull me and draw me all the time as I walk throughout my day. And God's saying, my will for you is to separate yourself from all other wills under my will alone. Now, for example, now let me break this down. I'm not going to judge whether or not smoking cigarettes is a sin. That's not up to me. For me, it's a sin. For me personally in my life, it's a sin. For me. Okay, but, but listen to me. I'm not going to say, well, yeah, that's sin, and if you don't, but I am going to say this. If you can look at that and say, is this the will of God for my life? Is it God's will that I smoke cigarettes? No. That's pretty easy. There's no argument in that. It's not God's will, so you can shut that door. Is it God's will that I watch R-rated movies that cuss? And let me tell you something. What if I got up here this morning and I just started cursing God? Just cursing them, dropping F-bombs. What if I had two girls come up here this morning and they started making out on, on stage and lifting their shirt? You guys would be appalled. You would be appalled. You would freak out. You would be angry. You would leave this church. Listen to me. There is no difference from going into a theater, from sitting at your home and watching that on a screen than it happened right here on stage. The Spirit of God is in you. It's not in this building. You're the church. So when you look at these things, it isn't, well, is it sin or it's not sin? Is, it, is this the will of God for my life? 
And I'll go ahead and tell you, listen, it is not the will of God for your life to be listening to secular music that's glorifying Satan, that's using a bunch of profanity, that's talking about worldly things. It's not God's will for your life to smoke cigarettes and be addicted to cigarettes and dipping and drinking. It's not God's will for your life to be watching R-rated movies in your home with sexual immorality all over it and worldly conversation. It's not God's will for your life to be watching scary movies with a spirit of fear that comes in and entices you and you entertain that because you like that fleshly that's not God's will for your life I'm not going to sit and tell you hey it's sin and you're going to go to hell but I am telling you listen that is not God's will for your life and God's will for your life is for you to be set apart from all those other wills and all those other things and to be set apart to His will and His will alone. Sanctification. That is God's will for your life. And so for me, there's a lot of things in my life. And listen, it burns me up. I get so frustrated. And I'm trying to give up everything. And then my wife comes to me and says, hey, let's give up watching TV. I'm what? <laughs> I done gave up everything. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing wrong with TV, people. You know, it's just got a, you know, I have a movie I want to watch. Well, it's just got one F word in it or a couple F words. There's nothing wrong with that. Every, all Christians watch it. I begin to justify. And I, I want to read some scriptures into this and, and look into this just for a second. Let's, let's read some of this. It says, I'm going to read 2 Corinthians 6, 16 through 18. And this is what it says. It says, for you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and be separated, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Now look, I want you to get, because as I'm going into this fast, I'm thinking of things that aren't the will of God for my life. That, that, that makes it. And I want you to understand when God says when you separate yourself from the world and the perversion of the world and you separate yourself unto him, that last verse says this. It says, I will be a father to you and you shall be my sons and my daughters. When we, when we separate ourselves in sanctifications, the identity of God and his character and the revelation of who he is opens to us. And we begin to know him in a deeper way as the father. And then it says, you will be my sons and my daughters. And when we begin to separate ourselves and cleanse us things from the worlds and the perversion and the things that cling and stain us, when we begin to separate ourselves from those things, all of a sudden the door to our identity of who we are in Christ begins to be revealed to us and open us that we begin to explore those doors and separation. As we begin to cleanse ourselves, the revelation of the Father, the revelation of who we are, depth deepens it's easy to stay where we are it's hard to abound it's hard to abound in separation from the world as we become deeper in the knowledge of God and our identity in him another verse says this Ephesians 4 22 and verse 24 it says that you put off 
concerning the former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. And verse 24 it says, And that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Now, now let's, let's identify something. Who's putting off and who's putting on? You are. Who? You are. That we put off. That we put on. That we put off. That we put on. That you put off the old man. And that you put on the new man. And I want you to see this because it says, it says that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt. Let me tell you something. Do you understand that when you sit back and do nothing that your old nature will abound in you? It'll grow corrupt in you? It is looking for any opportunity that it can get to grow corrupt. It grows. It abounds. It says, it says it'll grow corrupt in you according to the deceitful lust. Do you know what that means? Our passions and our fleshly lusts, they begin to deceive us. So when my wife comes to me and says, hey, honey, listen, you know, I don't think that we should have cable, which we don't. We don't, we don't have internet. And listen, I don't think that you should be watching movies that have any type of cussing at all in my house. And I throw a fit. What? Are you serious? Oh, my God, you're so legalistic. What is wrong with you? My good, that's that deceitful lust and passion of my flesh that don't want to give up, that don't want to give up the things of the world. I want to hold on to that stuff. My flesh wants it. I want to cling to it. It is very, very difficult to give up the world. And the pleasures of it. Because it feels good. It entertains us. It entertains our flesh. Listen, the affairs of the world pollutes our mind. And without recognizing, without recognizing it, it moves our aim from pleasing God to pleasing self. I like that verse in 2 Timothy 2.4. It says, No soldier gets entangled in civilian pursuit since his aim is to please the one who enlisted him. Whenever our, our aim and our mindset is to please God, listen, we give up the things of the world. We don't get entangled with the things of the world, and our aim and our mindset isn't always on the things of the world and pleasing ourselves. Our aim and our mindset becomes to please God. But whenever we allow the things of the world into our life and we don't separate ourselves from those things, it begins to corrupt our heart. It begins to corrupt our aim of living a life that is pleasing God. And without even knowing it, in deception because of the lust and the flesh that is growing and abounding within us, all of a sudden we're in a state where we're really leading a life that is pleasing to ourselves. And then one day like me, I wake up and realize, oh my God. Where's my hunger for you, Lord? Where's my hunger for righteousness in you, God? Because if I had a true, pure hunger in my heart for the things of God, I would not be fighting my wife tooth, nail, and hand and foot to give up the things of the world. I should be leading that. I'm the man. 
I should be leading my wife and honey, let's give this stuff up. Let's see God with all of our heart. Anything that's taking our mind off of him that's polluting us, that's trying to grow within us, that's taking over our time together, let's give it all up. But instead, because I've allowed it in, and it's grown in me and abounding in me and deceiving me, it's my wife that has to step in and lead. Lead a life that is separated from all other things. And as you begin to go into this fast, you need to see those things. Because I'll tell you what, some things are so difficult to break off your life because we, we've entangled ourselves so deeply in them and they've abounded so deeply in us and deceived us that it's going to take prayer and fasting to break them off. So there's things in our life that we've set down that we understand that we need to separate ourselves from as we begin to pray and fast. And it's going to take pray and fasting for us to separate ourselves from them. The third thing is this. No, I want to read. I want to read this real quick. I'm sorry if I. I like what Paul says right here. You know, I was talking about this stealing the hunger of God from our hearts to where these things abound that we begin to yearn for the things of the world. But this is what Paul says. He says, I know how to be abased. Philippians 4, everybody knows Philippians 4, 13. I can do all things. But the verse before that says, I know how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And us as Christians know, we should know how to be able to be separated. How to go without the things of the world. How to set aside the TV and the DVDs. Throw all those DVDs that are crap out. Get those things out of your home. Push the game systems aside. Push all the worldly entertainment that we get caught up feeding into constantly. I was checking. You know, Clay said we spend, what did you say last week about the average of phone time? You, you said a number the other day. Six hours. You know, I looked on my phone. I spend like nine, 18 hours a week on my phone. Bro, like two hours every single day. And I don't even, I'm not even on my phone. I don't listen. I don't have internet on my phone. I don't have YouTube on my phone. I don't have Facebook on my phone. And I spend two hours a day on my phone. I need to keep track of that. My gosh. Those things are things that I'm looking at as I'm going into the season of seeking God. God, help me to separate myself. Help me to push off these things. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do this. I can set these things aside. I can do this. It's not anything that we can't do. We can do these things. And the third thing is this. It says, lead a life that is led. 1 Thessalonians 4, 7 through 8, it says, For God did not call us to uncleanliness, but in holiness. Therefore, he who rejects this does not reject man, but God who has given us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Listen, you can't do any of this without the Holy Spirit. If you're going into this fast, listen, 
Communion with the Holy Spirit is key. It's the forefront. You are being led. You cannot lead your family. You can't lead ministry. You can't lead anything unless you are being led by the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit to lead me. I need the Holy Spirit to lead me into this fast. I love this verse right here in Galatians 5, 16 through 18. It says, I say then walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit and the Spirit against the flesh. And they are contrary to one another so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Listen, it says the spirit, if you walk in the spirit, then you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Well, then you say, well, then that's the law. It says that we're not under law. But it also says that you won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. There's a difference from not fulfilling the lust of the flesh and trying to be legalistic. The spirit naturally, when it fills us and we're in communion with the spirit, it begins to lead us in a life that is separated from the world, from the things of the flesh. And when my wife was talking to me, listen, I started to begin to realize, listen, I'm disconnected from a mind that is led from the Spirit. My mindset right now in my life is very carnal. When I'm by myself, I'm a very selfish thinker. I'm always thinking about me. When I go out in public, I run from people. I don't want to be... I'm so caught up in a fleshly mindset right now in my state of wife that I'm trying to separate myself from other people and I do not like who I am. So my first step, stepping into this fast, I understand that I have a plan. I understand things that I see that I need to abound in. I understand that I see things that I need to be separated from. But the first step in the forefront of me separating into this fast is communion with the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit to fill me. I need the Holy Spirit to fill my mind. I need the Holy Spirit to lead me into this fast. Listen, the Bible says that the Spirit of God, it says in Romans 5.5, that the love of God has been poured into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. I cannot love people unless the Holy Spirit fills me up. Do you know what the Spirit leads us to? A more excellent way. Paul said this. He said, I will show you an even more excellent way. Do you know what that more excellent way is? It's love. I want to go into love. I want to be deeper in love. I want to love people. I want love to fill me. I want the love of the Father to fill me. And do you know what shines abroad and pours into my heart the love of the Father? The Holy Spirit. And if I'm not in communion with the Holy Spirit, if I'm not in conversation and asking God to fill me and seeking in the communion of the Holy Spirit and spending time with the Holy Spirit, then that means I'm literally separating myself from the outpouring of the love of God into my heart. I need to be led into a more excellent way. I need the Holy Spirit to lead me into a more excellent way to love people. To be filled with the Holy Spirit. Listen, the Holy Spirit bursts hunger and thirst for righteousness. I don't want to lose my driver, the aim of my heart, the aim of the Holy Spirit. I don't want to lose my driver and just be aimlessly wandering around, confused, tore up, everything going on in my life because my mindset isn't led by the Holy Spirit. My aim comes from the Holy Spirit. And we need Him to lead us. 
You know, my wife, listen, I love my wife. She's so awesome. She's the greatest thing that I have in my life. And sometimes, you know what I'm saying, the flesh don't like what's good. And, uh, you know, she asked me the other day, because we're dealing with some stuff. we got some problems. And she asked me the other day, she's like, whenever Clay preached this message, I went home and my wife had watched it online and she was so pumped up about it. And she was like, oh my God, you know, why did I never think this? Like God's going to deliver us. Like we're just going to fast and we're going to pray until God moves, until he delivers us. Are you, are you excited? Like God's going to do it. And I'm like, yeah, I guess, you know, it's possible, you know. She's like, do you not believe that God is going to deliver you in this and that you're going to be delivered and, and things are going to happen through this fast? And I was like, you know, I believe he'll probably deliver me this year sometime. And my wife, like, listen, I love God. I believe in him. for, But it's like I don't even have faith going into this thing that he's going to do what I need him to do. And all of a sudden I had to start encouraging my faith like God you know what? You want to do this. You want to deliver me. You're going to deliver me. I'm going to seek you. Me and my wife are going to fast and seek your face until you bring healing, until you bring deliverance, until this demonic influence leaves me and I have been touched by God because you want to touch me and I believe that with all my heart. And all of a sudden, let me tell you something, I got pumped about this fast. My life is about to change. Everything is about to change in my life. I believe in them. It's going to happen. And I'm excited. Ephesians 5.18 says this. It says, consider all circumstances. No, I'm sorry. It says this. It says, see then that you walk circumspectly. Circumspectly. I'm sorry. Not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand that the will of the Lord is sanctification, and do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, dissipation, how do you say that? Dissipation. Dissipation. But be, listen, I googled it and I, you know, I made it say the word like five times last night, so I wouldn't mess it up still. (laughs) But be filled with the Holy Spirit. See then that you walk circumspectly, circumspectly, what does that mean? It says circumspectly means to consider all circumstances and possible consequences, that we be wise with the things that we allow into our life and that we consider the things that we give ourselves into and allow to be in our homes and intertwine in our life and we consider the, 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 the consequences of these things. And it says, it says, do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation, dissipation, but uh, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And what that word actually means is this. It means the act or process of self-indulgence. It says to be extravagant in the pursuit of pleasure, to, spin, to spread thin and, and to scatter and gradually vanish, to spend or use up wastefully or foolishly to lose. It says that not only is getting drunk connected to this word, which means basically you're wastefully using your life and giving your things over that are going to spend up in your life and amount to nothing. Listen, there are a lot of things in my life that I give myself to that are these things. It's just a pursuit of pleasure. It's a self-indulgence. It's wasteful. 
It don't lead to anything God glorifying in my life. And I tie my heart into it and it abounds within me. And it begins to deceitfully manipulate me. And there are some areas in our life that we need to identify and to make sure as we begin to walk in this fast that we're not walking in this dissipation. I don't want to lead a life of self. I don't want to lead a life of pleasure. And I do not want to lead a life in the pursuit of money. I want to lead a life as a man of God. And I want to lead a life that is pleasing to my Father. I want to lead a life that is abounding. I want to lead a life that is separated. And I want to lead a life that is led by the Holy Spirit. As a man of God, these are the things that God is speaking and trying to impress into my life. And it is a very difficult season season for me to see where I really am. And I can confess that. I'm not ashamed. Listen, I don't trust me right now. I don't like me right now. I don't like my mindset right now. I need God. I am embracing this brokenness and this heaviness in my life. God, lead me. I want to repent of this. I don't want to be this. And it's motivation when I look forward to His goodness and His answers that are about to happen in this season. I'm motivated. Because all this mess right here is about to be changed. And I am excited and I'm pumped up. I want to read this, this last verse in this ending. Hebrews 11, 12, and 13. My wife actually gave me this verse the other day and I was like... <laughs> And she said, you know, the Lord told me to give you this verse. She said, I, I didn't even know this verse was there. I was in prayer and the Lord told me to give you this verse. And this is what it says. Hebrews 11, 12 through 13. It says, now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present, but painful. Nevertheless, afterwards it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees, and make straight the paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Make straight paths for this year. Find your healing. Look at the things that are lame and dislocated, dis dissipated in your life, that are useless, that are lame, that are wasteful, that are pulling you away, that are growing corrupt, that are deceiving your motives, that are taking your aim, that are corrupting your mindset, and be healed by putting on newness, by putting off the old you that grows corrupt. This is what I'm pushing into. Father, change me. I'm not just going, at first I was just going into a fast. It's time to fast, boys. Buckle up. Put your boots on and buckle up. We're about to get it. But now, like, I'm going into a season. I am about to be changed. God is about to change me. He's about to change my life. He is about to take me into a new season of life. I am excited. And I want you, I want you to be excited as well for this. And I want you to join me in this journey 
want you to join me in leading, leading a life. I was at a prayer meeting yesterday, and this man just came up to me out of nowhere. And I'm going to read this to you. He came up to me out of nowhere, and he gave me this scripture. He said, here, man, the Lord told me to give this to you. Philippians 1. Philippians 1, 9 and 10. And this is what it says. Philippians 1, 9 and 10. It says, And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may be able to approve the things that are excellent and that you may be sincere and without offense until the day of Christ, being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. I want to abound in the love of God that I may be able to discern what is excellent. I want to be filled with the Holy Spirit and led in this life. And I yearn and I hunger and I seek and I aim for Him. God, I want to be Yours. I want to be filled and used by You. Your will in my life. But I know that I have decisions to make and I have a life to lead. And so it's up to us to lead that life. How are you leading your life? If today, if you see these things and, and you, you, anything has come up in your heart, God's revealed to anything, Holy Spirit speaking unto you for anything. If God's showing you things, I want you to come today to this altar as tomorrow as we wake up and as we begin to pursue God into a fast. And I tell you what, listen, the fast that I had down for playing, like I had this radical fast that I never fasted before and I was showing my wife this plan. I was like, oh, this is going to be so awesome. I'm going to fast for this. And she's like, well, why don't we just fast this, which was what much more. And I'm like, oh my God, are you serious? Yeah, man, I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do what I've never done to get what I've never got. I'm not joking with it. I am challenging myself this season. Let's go. I'm tired. I need it. I want it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray into this. Let's just pray into this. I'm going to end. You guys are welcome to come to the altar afterwards if you need prayer for anything. Father God, Lord, we just thank you today. God, here we are, your people. Father, you know us. You know where we are. You know how we're leading right now. You know how we're walking in this life, God. And we want you to show us the things. We want you to show us the areas, God, that we need to abound in. Father, we want you to show us the areas of our life that we need to be separated from. Father, we want you to show us and teach us how to be led by your Spirit, Father, because it's not about what you want from us. It's not about us obeying laws and walking in. It's about what you have for us, God. And Lord, we want what you have for us, God. We want to be greedy for the goodness and the perfection and the peace and the love that abounds and that's poured into us by your Holy Spirit. And God, we just ask you to lead us into that this season of life, this year, Father. Allow transformation, allow miracle, Father. Allow breakthrough, allow change to happen this season as we seek you with all of our heart, Lord. God, we give you our life. 
we give you these dissipated things in our life that that are wasteful and, 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 and deceitful and growing corrupt within us. God, separate us, Lord, from anything that's not of your will. Father, we honor you. God, we bless you. Father, we thank you today. And it's in Jesus' name, Lord, that we ask of you. Amen.